0: The summer before my 16th birthday was uneventful. I discovered Playboy in a local bookstore and would spend my breaks at the grocery store eyeing up the scantily clothed girl on the cover each month. I still wanted to rip the wrapping off and thumb through the pages, but I refrained myself. Two months later, with my grocery store pay in my pocket, I walked into that bookstore, picked up a Playboy, and brought it to the counter. My hands were shaking so bad I thought I was going to drop the money I was holding all over the floor. A voice in my head said, My mother would kill me if she knew what I was doing. But I still laid that magazine down on the counter. I looked right into that middle-aged clerk's eyes and laid down the exact change. He nodded and told me to have a good day. Stunned, I picked up the magazine with still shaking hands and walked out the front door. I found a private place in the park, by my house. Ripped open that packaging and got lost in a fantasy land that would last me throughout my life. I had never seen a completely naked woman before. I had seen women in bathing suits and my sister wrapped up in a towel after leaving the bathroom, but never a totally naked and extremely attractive woman before. Those pictures never left my thoughts for a long time. Even looking at Lisa in school the next day wasn't the same for me anymore. I think that's when I started to see women as just objects that I could use for my pleasure. Women were good to look at and probably good to have sex with, but... Even at that age, I doubted I would ever want a woman constantly and permanently in my life. I remember sitting in that classroom staring at Lisa and thinking that maybe the priesthood was the right thing for me to do after all. I sat with a different psychiatrist at probably my fifth stint in rehab. I'd lost count at this point. I told him everything beginning with my childhood through today. While it was painful and some things were hard to admit, I remembered every little detail of every encounter every conversation, and every little thing that had happened in my life. My shrink said that's because of my OCD. While my story isn't pretty, it's one that isn't as uncommon as you might think. I know God forgives sinners, but when you're addicted to as many things as I am, you often wonder if that is true. You search your heart and soul, but you always come up scared and empty. This is my journey. I am who I am, and while I do have regrets, I now see that all of this had to come to pass to get me where I am today. I thank God for Kate, although it wasn't always that way. To cope with what I had just learned, my drinking increased. I'd be drunk at every Mass, every day. Every time I got a letter from the diocese or a call from the bishop, terror welled up inside me as I assumed Lydia had told them I had fathered her child, and they were contacting me to kick me out of the priesthood. I didn't talk to Lydia for six months. She called me a few times, but I never returned her phone calls. She said a few of the parishioners could smell alcohol on me at morning mass and wanted to reach out to see if I was okay. I told her I had some personal issues I was trying to work out and had used alcohol as a crutch unwisely. She told me her husband went to AA meetings and offered to have him contact me about joining him. I agreed and started going to the meetings with him. While I didn't stop drinking, I cut back to probably three or four drinks a day. Lydia and I met at the hotel after six months of silence. It had been way past six months since I had had sex.